All right, Clay, let's open our latest podcast with another game of trivia for you. I might have actually asked you this before, but mm. how many, this is one of how Five. many episodes Five. of Star Trek that are derived from Latin? Alter Ego oh, doesn't geez. initially stick out as Latin, but it is, obviously. It's Latin. Yeah, I don't know. If that's not, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we talking like all of Star Trek here? All of Star Trek, yeah. Uh, it's 10. under 50. Oh, under 50? Um, uh, 13. 17. Ah! 17. So it doesn't have the list of them, so I can't read them off uh, to kill half the time of this recording, but it's one of 17. Well, I- I do still win by prices rights rules, right? Because I went yeah, I was the closest, but yes. I didn't go over. It's it's yeah. more embarrassing to go over than it is to to underestimate. I think like there was one that was like something ego. What that one that Tom Paris visits the planet and gets like framed for a murder that they view through his eyes. Oh, like, isn't I, it like a multiple word, like something ego, something yeah, or something? I think it's something like that. Anyway, yeah. We're here to talk about alter ego which is the 14th episode of the third season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on January 15th, 1997, written by our old CNG friend Joe Minoski, directed by our new Voyager friend Bob Picardo, in Universe State 50460.3, which is 2373. In Alter Ego, Tuvok and Harry Kim become interested in holodeck character who is more than she seems. So you texted me Mm. before we uh, started recording halfway through the day, and you... You gave me your opinion about this episode, and I wonder if your opinion uh, remains the same now that we're on the, the twilight of the day and you're, uh, you've sat in reflection for what I assume was hours after you finished watching it. Yes. Uh, my opinion remains the same. Oh, well. I you loved it. hated this episode. Interesting. Well, at least it gives us a starting place about where to talk, because I <clears throat> thought this was the Relative in relative terms, I thought this was the best Voyager episode we've seen in a long oh, time. Oh wow! Okay, but it was only only the first half, and then I stopped caring after the first half. You liked the first half? Yeah, I liked the first half a lot oh, more. Oh my! Oh boy! So okay. I I'll, I'll try to justify it here. So uh, I know that you. Uh, well, it's something we've been complaining about, which is that uh, Voyager. Neither takes its concept seriously, nor does it really do any kind of character work that specifically specifies to be redundant, like what characters are supposed to be about in Mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. And I thought that the first half of this episode at least gave me a good sense of this is a show dealing with its concept. It's playing with the characters that it has. And it's also... Even if I don't really like the tone that Voyager wants to take, which is kind of like a, it's kind of like after school special workplace cornball drama, sort of like that's the tone that Voyager seems to want. Sure. At least I thought that here in the first half of this one, they did as much with that prism or whatever, like the way that they want the show to be, they did as most the as much with that idea as they've done in a very long time. So like Tuvok and Harry Kim falling in love with the same holodeck character, I thought was like, you know, it doesn't deal with anything deep and it doesn't particularly get into this aspect of love in any way that's actually anything more than a superficial after school special kind of way of dealing with it. But yeah. it does do it. 
My problem is that when it became what post what Voyager and post Voyager shows tend to do, which is that after they do this setup, they just turned it into like a generic Star Trek plot at that point. Mm-hmm. That's when my interest fell off. But I, I really I was even giving like the Luau holodeck program the benefit of the doubt, being like, you know, who's to say these idiots who are trapped in the Delta Quadrant don't <laughs> set up this ridiculously corny Luau program? I like to maybe and it, like I thought it was kind of cute that like uh, Torres gets choked out by a lay from the Hawaiian thing. <laughs> like, I thought that was kind of fun. I don't know. I just it felt different to me in a way that kept my attention through the first half of this, where at least I, I thought that it felt like they were doing something, and it felt somewhat interesting to me. Yeah, I I'm on the complete opposite end of that. Um, I thought I, I liked the 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 Luau fight scene was cool. Uh, cause it was, it was kind of creepy in a Westworld kind of way. Yeah. It was spooky, unsettling. Yeah. And like, you know, when, when Torres was getting choked out by that hula girl, she had like a big smile on her face, the <laughs> hula girl. So it, like it had that kind of, that, that fun, um, Blonde is over there getting laid by those Hawaiian boys. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, uh, man, I could not have been less interested in, uh, Harry Kim and Tuvok falling in love with the same holodeck pro like the first the first half of this felt like i was watching a reddit thread come to life mm-hmm. where it was like two uh, harry kim's like i can't stop thinking about this fake woman then tuvok is like have you heard of no nut november <laughs> and like he I, it just, this whole episode I, would be solved by people just rubbing it out i think would be the end of this this uh yeah like it, i i i didn't I, I as, as soon as I saw Harry Kim getting like jealous of Tuvok, I was like, "Oh my god, is this really going to be two guys on the ship fighting over a fucking hologram girl?" Like, I, it, see, but it, that it, feels so voy- That feels like it actually embracing the Voyager idea. You know that they're trapped out there, and I, this I, is I what they think, have. You know, I didn't find it interesting though. Mm. Like, I the the Tuvok's interest in the girl. I didn't think was particularly convincing and anything that they were trying to do with her being kind of su- like I got a little bit more interested when when uh, um, they actually showed that there was something kind of uh, sinister about her. Yeah. But even even there, I thought they undercut it when Chakotay was like, uh, yeah, actually, I don't know if anyone watching the show remembers, but this exact same thing happened on yes. The Next Generation that, that's, uh, not too long ago. Yeah, that's partially why I don't like the second half is because they, yeah. they make it obvious what they're doing. And then, you know, the end of it is like, it's like that Enterprise episode where they drop off Hoshi at the guy's house and he's like, I thought maybe you could stay with me in my spiky face. And she's yes. like, I don't want to stay with your spiky face. A little man. bit of a Beauty like, and the Beast uh, situation. Yeah, and like I didn't think... I would have been more interested if Harry was not involved at all because the idea of Tuvok, who is uh, a, a Vulcan first and a husband second, yeah. <laughs> falling in love with a, with, a, with a new person, real or otherwise, that's a little bit more interesting to me than spending half an episode of, of them kind of like having school and i understand what you're saying like yeah this is probably something that would happen i guess but it's just it the the way that it was set up in a very sitcom-y way didn't interest me and i i like i I didn't find it charming really at all that's the so my 
my after school special comment is the problem for me with the first half, which is that mm-hmm. it, it's the tone of Voyager does not allow this idea to be taken seriously, even though I think in a in a well done and well executed show of Voyager, I think that this is a really viable plot idea to do, which is mm-hmm. that the characters start falling in love like in their desperate loneliness, which I think is thematically nicely represented through like Tuvok sort of plot through line here where you know the ending of the episode ends on focusing on Tuvok's loneliness and how mm-hmm. alone he feels like I I feel that that's something that a serious show would actually take seriously I'm full of redundancies tonight and <laughs> and instead you're just left with this like junior high jealousy angle is the only way yeah. that they can go at it and that doesn't feel real to me because if this was a real serious show i think that there's a little bit more of like a disturbed relationship between harry and tuvok there where mm-hmm. you know there's some real uncomfortable moments and conversations between them that they, and that they're fighting over this holodeck program but instead you're just kind of left with Tuvox, a bunch of Tuvox Vulcan sayings, and like the Vulcans are apparently like the Germans that they have a word for everything that comes yeah, that comes yes. along their way, and you're left with that, and it's just you know watching those two sort of bicker over it, or if not bicker, you just see Harry Kim's jealousy pop in frame, and Tuvok has to try to deal with it and intellectualize it as though he's not falling in love, he's just finding it intellectually stimulating. I don't know compared to. I, it's really just compared to the previous stuff we've seen, which it seems like it has not embraced either characterization or what the concept of the show is setting up. This one felt unique to me in a way that it somewhat held my attention, even though it's not always a positive thing to hold my attention or the reasons that it's holding my attention. Um, and again, it's this is basically the Moriarty plot from TNG, just done yeah. over and over again, and that's a recurring problem that we're running into. But I... Is is mostly is your problem really stemming from the tone of the thing, or do you just not jive with this idea of Tuvok and Harry in love in the first place? I think I think there are ways that it could have been used in a more interesting way, but like it's I th- once once I saw that it was going to be uh, a jealousy fest, I just checked out because it, it's it just felt too sitcommy to me. And it it didn't really it didn't really do anything interesting with it. Um, <clears throat> like I feel like I feel like they should have either gone. I think it would have been more interesting if like the whole ship was having this problem, where they were all kind of like falling in love with holodeck programs, and it was yeah. really affecting the ship yeah. or whatever. Or I kind of wish that I think it would have been more interesting if Tuvok had fallen in love with a different holodeck character. Yeah, because I didn't think that the Harry Kim stuff even like he just kind of drops off at about the halfway point too. Like they don't really, it's not really. Uh, once once Harry kind of like sees that they're playing Vulcan chess or whatever, they yes. kind of get into a fight about it, and then that's kind of it. Well, because I, I, I was going to disappears. I was going to push back on the because I don't think that the show actually focuses on Harry Kim's jealousy for very long at all. Like I I, I actually don't find that I. I was a little bit surprised thinking as they were setting this up that this was going to be like a key thing that happens, but it's not really. Harry gets sidelined pretty quickly once Tuvok takes over. Yeah. And which, and so I started, I was thinking like, why even do that angle? Like, I I feel like it would be more interesting if he's, if Harry's got the hots for this hologram girl and 
uh, Tuvok is trying to talk him, you know, t- teach him the ways of uh, NoFap. Yep. And uh, then, like, in doing so, he also meets his own hologram girl who he becomes infatuated. In. And then you can kind of focus on Tuvok and his loneliness and, and what what does it look like for him to be affected by this um, in a way that doesn't need the baggage of the Harry Kim stuff. Yeah. And I think that would have been more... Because, like, when you get to the end of the episode and he's standing in there with the lizard girl and she's like, won't you stay? And he's like, maybe if I wasn't married and i don't know on a ship maybe i'd think about it like i didn't i wasn't like feeling any of that because it's a tough one because like i don't think tuvok gets enough time to convincingly fall in love with this girl before they kind of give her the 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 evil spin um so i don't really believe any conflict that he has at that point about her and so when you get to that point at the end when he sees behind the curtain at the wizard's place, I, his hesitation to be like, maybe in another life we could have been something just doesn't ring true with me. Yeah. He's a little hamstrung because he has a wife, you know? And Well, that's I actually find that very interesting because he is a Vulcan and he is uh, a husband. And I have to assume that the Vulcans have some regard for uh, traditional... Um, f- familial units, you know, like I'm sure monogamy. being, yeah, 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 monogamy. I'm sure being married on Vulcan is a big deal. Like, I mean, yeah. wasn't that like yeah. that was like half a season of Enterprise, wasn't it? No, it is. Yeah, like they take their marriages very seriously. <laughs> yeah, and so like the idea that so Tuvok, do we all, so do we yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> if Amy's listening, listen, they gotta they gotta take it seriously somewhere because it ain't happening here. Um, but like. So with that in mind, having Tuvok finally be the – like if everybody else is kind of like partying and they're like, yeah, whatever, it's going to be – where I'm never going to see my wife again. <laughs> just fucking all that character. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, clearly, like clearly that's what's happening. <laughs> yes. But Tuvok is not there for the party. He doesn't want to wear the, the lay. He symbolically really... removes his lay. He just yeah, takes it off. Yeah, exactly. And so to see even him start to crack yep. under the situation – is actually really interesting. I just don't think it needed all the extra um, sitcom bullshit to, to, to get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would say that, I guess for, uh, so a, a couple different ways that I, I suppose I look at it, it's slightly different. Like, I almost don't uh, consider what Tuvok does to be falling in love in some ways. Like, I, I guess he... Well, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, well, he because he he sort of sees it as like intellectually stimulating, I sure. guess. And I don't know if that's supposed to be a metaphor for Vulcans falling in love, because a, a big through line of this obviously is like Tuvok trying to rationalize love, and like so. One of the things that I did take away from this, and I thought was a real positive, was that I feel like this is the first time in a long time, and maybe to the biggest point that we've ever seen that this was like an explanation of how the Vulcans approach life in some ways, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't do that very often. And what I appreciated was I thought, I thought that it treated Tuvok as a Vulcan fairly well, because it does the thing that, 
in my opinion, most understands the Vulcans, which is that there is something there, right? But they have become supremely skilled at sort of rationalizing away their feelings. It's not that they don't feel things, but they just are they're supremely intellectual to the point where they just rationalize everything and they sort of see patterns and that they they get over this emotional stuff by thinking about things that way. And I liked that. And that also puts you in this place where he's married, but he's not really having, he's like having an emotional affair, you know, more than anything else. And it's like, that's not that bad. And you can't ding Tuvok. And I guess it all just comes down to the thing of the show is an after school special and it's not going to seriously damage the characters in that way. So Tuvok's not going to have a real conflict about any of this. And so I guess what I'm left with, what I liked about it was that sort of bullshitty, intellectualization of it as opposed to any kind of like real character story like i i never connected with this one on a way that i feel like the better character stories of tng or ds9 land where you really feel something for the character this felt more probably unintentionally but it fit with the vulcan aspect of it where i didn't really connect with it but i thought it was interesting you know what i mean and i'm not saying that's points in its favor but it was like kind of neat that it lined up that way I don't know. I'm I'm going I'm I'm spinning my wheels trying to justify it, but that's how it comes across to me. Yeah, I you know, you said it, um he's having an emotional affair and I think I think another thing that's interesting that would have been interesting if they kind of got into it more is that almost feels like for a Vulcan it would be worse than yes, a physical yeah. affair, you yeah. know? Um but yeah, they don't they don't really I I think there's a lot there they could have gotten into, but it's just it the I mean, if I'm being completely honest, the first 10 minutes of it like really checked me out. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. I watched it, but that, that intro where it was like Harry Kim goes to animal house or yeah. I, it was just like, I just, this is not Tom Paris specifically mentions what line of Hawaiian shirt he's wearing. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like there's something funny about, I think there could have been something really funny about, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Harry Kim trying to get laid and Tuvok is the guy who's like helping him do it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know that's not the, the show they were making, but just like it, that, Did that you, sort of, Oh God, sorry. I was just gonna say that, that, that lead in just felt too this, this week on Voyager for me, where it's like this week, Harry Kim falls in love with a hologram. You know, it just, it just was not, it was not a good lead in for the rest of the story. And I, I never thought, I thought once the rest of the story got going, it never really got there for me. Do you like the idea of Harry Kim turning to Vulcan ideology to get over his crush? That seems to be divisive. Eh, I think it's, I think it makes sense like that that feels very college sex comedy to me. It does, yeah. And like as a gag, it's pretty funny. Like I, I don't mind it as a gag, but mm. it it's I I find it generally stupid. Yeah, well that's <laughs> yeah. interesting because I think it feels pretty Star Trekky in 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 a way. Like I it's mean, stupid, yeah, but I think that it works for like the the way that the characters treat Vulcans, it sort of makes sense that this would happen to me. It not not it in a does, real world sense, but in a Star Trek sense. No, I, I don't disagree, but also that's another thing that feels to me like Tuvok should 
it's like it, it feels it feels like if someone <clears throat> you know uh hold on a second i'm sorry mm-hmm. sorry some stuff in my throat um it, it felt like borderline uh white college kid becomes rastafarian to me yeah yep and i i we've feel all, like we've all been there that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> You can hear my dreads uh, jangling in the background. It's here. still it's still the best um, uh, Lonely Island SNL bit. Is the <laughs> R- Rastafarian? <laughs> so good. Um, but it's like it's. I feel like Tuvok should have put up more of a fight before he's like, "Here's all the tools you need to get rid of your." You know what I mean? Like it, it, oh, uh, to, to not let Harry Kim know right away. Like to not give him the Vulcan. Yeah, secrets. like like. I feel like Tuvok is pretty on on the ball about what is going on with Harry. And I feel like Tuvok's answer probably shouldn't be, yeah, why don't you try doing some some uh, a Vulcan meditation? I think it would be like, why don't you take my culture more seriously and just <laughs> stop going to the fucking holodeck? <laughs> so I, I, um... But that being said, like I do... I, I would be I would be okay with that thing if it was a more um, honest application of it. Like if Harry was actually legitimately, if he was interested in 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 doing that in 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 the Vulcan culture the way like Kess was, it, where it's like it it really is beneficial to her for to work with Tuvok to to you know develop whatever the yeah develop her, her powers yeah but, whatever. Yeah. Like that feels a little bit more honest than Harry Kim turning to you know space Buddhism because he can't get his mind off a girl. Interesting. Uh, like, but even but the co- I think the conversation is interesting. Yeah. Um, f- from Tuvok's point of view, but it's I don't know. I if they if they were going to do that, I, I I wish they had done it with something a little bit less goofy. It's, it's um, I guess it's interesting because I, I see the Kessin Tuvok thing as sort of like like a hand wavy made up connection between the two of them. Sure, um, yeah. I see Harry's. I mean, it's, it's all made up. But, yeah, well, <laughs> but I, know, I, know, I know what you mean. I know. What well, you mean. Harry's thing feels more like this is an actual uh, grounded human story, which is that like, cause Kess and Tuvok are mostly bonding about their psychic powers, you know, which has like no yeah. real world application to it. But Harry falling in love and being the sort of like 12 year old who just can't deal with this at this point, And he turns to Tuvok as a kind of uh, solution to it. I feel there are like the barest of threads of this turning into something interesting about, the Vulcan idea not being the escape that even Tuvok thinks it is for himself. Sure. Like it, it, sure. it exposes the the weakness of this for the Vulcans in some ways. And also just like the weakness of Harry trying to become a Vulcan in that way. It yeah. sort of does it. Like the show does not spend any amount of time on this because it eventually gets to a point where they're like, it's actually an evil alien who's trying to take over the ship and all that stuff. And it's right. Like, who cares? But right. it's it's there. I think <laughs> I don't. I don't know if the show wants to talk about it, but I appreciate at least having a concept that I go. This is kind of. This could have kind of been cool, and I like the. Um, I I have a soft spot for the Vulcans, so I, I I like this idea of Harry 
for less than ideal reasons, trying to get into it and Tuvok sort of trying to show him the way. But again, it's it's 10 minutes of a 40 minute episode and I don't yeah, think it goes that's, anywhere. That's the thing is like it, it is interesting and I would have loved to have seen the scene where Tuvok shoots him the side eye when he shows up for work on the bridge wearing one of those big ugly Vulcan necklaces like yeah, they have in the yeah. motion picture. He's got his sideburns <laughs> and uh, sharp little points. Yeah. yeah, that would be that would be legitimately funny if you if you had someone if you had Harry Kim like appropriating Vulcan culture. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very funny. Not cool, um, Mr. Kim. But uh um you know I, I think there I think you're right. I think there is something really interesting there, a kernel of it, but like it's wasted on one scene where he's doing these thought exercises and Paris comes in. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, Tom, I'm doing these things that Tuvok taught me so I won't get a boner. And it's like, it's just, it doesn't, they, they, it's just there for half a second and then they just kind of jettison it. And I think it's another thing too, where if it was just Harry, it would be, you could kind of spend a little more time on that stuff where if it's like, if the problem is, okay, yeah, Harry is having emotional problems that are uh, manifesting as he's in love with a holodeck thing, person, whatever. But it is the manifestation of a deeper emotional problem because of where they are yes. and, what, and what's going on. Like, that's interesting to me. Yeah, that's also that's um, a better episode for Harry, too, obviously. Yeah, and, but fighting over, fighting over a, a holodeck girl for five minutes is, is not it for me. Yeah. No, agreed. It's it's at at its core, that's that hairy conflict there, which is that you're alone in the Delta Quadrant and you're turning to a holodeck thing. It, ha- it you know, it's it's reminiscent of the Matrix problem. It's like, do you sure. do you want reality or do you just want to get through this and be happy? And there's something interesting there, but again, it's a um, it's probably one of those episodes that is like there's ten different semi interesting threads and none of them are particularly hitting the the point you know yeah. and so you get to it, the end of it and it's it's just I, fine i would love to see an episode of voyager specifically where the problem of the week is just the crew is spending too much time on the holodeck yes yeah. because i i feel like that is ripe for this kind of thing where it's like if 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 any long-term if 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 the nina the pinta and the santa maria had a holodeck on board. Right. I don't know if they would have made it to America. Right. You know what I mean? Like yep. there's a certain point where the trip is so long and it's so soul crushing. Yeah, but you got this other thing that's like, you know, better than booze. Yeah. Or we, we don't have booze. When you eat the steak, got, it tastes real. Right, exactly. Like how does that affect eventually this is going to affect everybody at some at some point, especially yep. if there's no like rules about how long you can stay in there or whatever. Yes. But so like yeah. I think there's a lot more in this realm that they could um mine and it doesn't all have to be like depressing. I think it could be in a in a, a fairly good funny episode. Yep. Um but it's just not what it's about. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not saying this should be that, but that is something I I would be interested to see. We can just spend a little bit of time before we get to patron thoughts. What what do you think about the the halfway point turn it into a sort of i'll call it a stock star trek narrative turn yeah well yeah it didn't really i was i was interested when she showed up in his room 
<laughs> she stole the doctor's holodeck emitter. <laughs> right. I, I, I was interested until I saw that she had stolen the holodeck emitter. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, how? Yes. Like, what, what do you... <laughs> She went into. How what did you, she say? She went into like his sick bay holodeck emitter or something like that. I, I can't sure, remember. Sure, whatever. But secondly, like, oh, I was thinking for a half second. I was like, oh, this is interesting. If she's something other than a holodeck program, um, you know, that's been hint- the, the, when they're in this nebula for no particular reason. It's oh, like, of course, right, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but when it was just like another Moriarty type thing, until they reveal that it's something else equally lame yeah uh it just it, it it had me for a second um like that meme they really had me they had me there for a second <laughs> at the beginning yeah i um i checked out at that point once once yeah. they're like this is an alien type thing or like once once she gets out of the holodeck and becomes a threat to the ship i lost uh 95 of my interest in yeah. the episode you know they do try to thematically tie it together though right they do the whole thing at the end is that this woman is just extremely lonely on this on this uh space station in a way that tuvok um can relate to yep but again i just don't think they they lean into that as much to really make that stuff land yeah agreed and um yeah, it's another serialization problem, or not even a serialization. It's a characterization problem, I think, which is that um, the uh, Tuvok being lonely feels pretty reminiscent to me of our problem with shows like Discovery, which they'll go like, you know, Arium is uh, like a ba- European backpacker, or so. Like they'll they'll have this thing where they just bring up this trait, or like Raffi right. is Raffi is abusive to people she works with, and you're like, mm-hmm. is she? But then they'll, they'll show you the one scene that's a flashback to like she's being a dickhead to somebody, and you go, oh, I guess the show is trying to justify it. But I, I feel like Tuvok being lonely makes sense in the same way that the modern shows. Yeah, it makes sense that this character is that way, but you haven't really done anything to show me that that's what Tuvok is. Yeah, and I think that's more just a problem. It doesn't need to be a serialized storyline where Tuvok gets more and more depressed, but it needs to be a recurring motif that Tuvok is lonely and like upset by his loneliness and stuff like that. I, I just I, don't get that sense from him all the time. Yeah, and I think I think Star Trek around this time, because we've talked about this before, and this is my one of my big gripes with Enterprise, really forgets how to to maximize their cold open. Yeah. And this one uses the entire cold open to focus on Harry. And if they had used the cold open to focus on Tuvok and show us that he is right lonely and removed and et cetera, et cetera, and then kind of start from that point of view and then bring in the Harry stuff, I think it focuses the point a lot more and makes it not feel as as goofy. Yeah, that's true. It does a um it does do a little bit of a bait and switch with the lead character where you think it's going to be Harry, but then they shift it for to become a Tuvok story. And it's like, well, they could have just started with Tuvok and made this yeah. be a little bit more cohesive. All right. Well, that's it. We'll go to patron thoughts now about this one. If you're a Patri- uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Lipinski file and you support the show there for a couple dollars a month, $5 a month, you get to relieve your thoughts about upcoming episodes. And we read them on the podcast. I'm going to open up your little... Where the hell's your chat window? Sometimes I just cannot find the chat window in Discord. This is Alter Ego. Open up your chat window. Here comes 
Kyle Barat. Let inside the comments from Patreon. Alter Ego begins as a rom-com starring the character on the show who is unable to express emotion and also Tuvok. Yes, Garrett Wang is awful in this episode, and the only way I could be convinced he's a good actor is if I found out that in real life he's actually an 80-year-old Jamaican lady or something. (laughs) I really wish I had watched the episode. You know, I I went to Jamaica once. (laughs) I'll save that story for another one. have a spicy take on that one. (laughs) I really wish I had watched the episode that the last 10 minutes of this one thinks it's been. Tuvok as a lonely individual with no one to mentally stimulate him is a great idea, but his early scenes with Mar Morena yeah. just have her... <laughs> I also could not remember. I think it's Morena. I think you were right, yeah. Uh, just have her deliver lame pop psychology rather than actually connect to him on a deep level necessary for the character drama to pay off at the end. If they got rid of the useless Kim story and lame comedy at the start and made it a more focused Tuvok character study, this episode could have really been something because the last few scenes are great. Two shirts which give Malcolm Reed an instant erection out of five. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Agreed. imagine if imagine if the opening, the cold opening was just like Tuvok trying to talk to other people on the ship and them just being like, what the fuck? You, what? Yeah, I, not listen, getting, I gotta, not I getting stuff, jokes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I was thinking, though, has he ever talked to the other Vulcan that they introduced last episode? No, he mentions that he's on the ship, but he, yeah, yeah he doesn't, He, you think that those two would just hit it off like uh, great friends. Yeah, I guess it, they don't have to be friends. It's like, you know, I go to the same school as your cousin. They yeah. don't know each other, technically. That's right. Well, it's like the... The two, the two Italian kids are just going to sit together at lunch or something like that, talk about the motherland. <laughs> I, I appreciated your pause to find the least offensive <laughs> nationality to use. The two white kids are going to go sit together. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, setting up this, I think the, kids, the guy's name is Vorik. Setting up Vorik for mm-hmm. whatever Vorik is going to do is, is coming because they're laying the track for this guy. Um but yeah, Tuvok doesn't doesn't want to connect with him. I guess um, it could have been. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I I agree that Tuvok needs to Tuvok needs to be examined a little bit more. I I think that the kind of the problem you run into is that Tuvok is just uh, you run dangerously close to data territory sometimes. Mm, you know, like yeah. there's this balancing act to keep him away from just being a data character who doesn't understand things um yeah and also not care i guess that's the space is that he has to sort of not understand humans but actually be upset by it in a way that spock wasn't maybe right. i don't know if that's yeah. the, the hole that you have to drive through yeah it's it's a strange it, it's <clears throat> excuse me it's a strange evolution right because data is there to occupy the spock space on tng right yep. more or less yeah <clears throat> And I think since then, they have kind of blended them together a bit Um, where you don't get it. I think if the doctor wasn't on this show, it would be a lot more apparent. They probably would lean into it more. But the doctor kind of takes some of that weight off of of Tuvok and lets him be more of a person. Also, (laughs) good on Robert Picardo for adding in that scene where he gets to make out with two ladies. That's his only scene, right? And he's just yeah. like, we're, we're putting this in. Give me the writers. Yeah, I mean, I'm, he's I'm, a director. I told, 
I told Rick, he said I could block off a whole day for this shot. <laughs> Do it again from the top. Tax Bear says, alter ego, what if Microsoft Office got really horny and also hacked the rest of your computer? Jokes aside, a fairly predictable episode and one that doesn't benefit from the Vulcan expressing more emotions than Harry Kim. Also, Harry Kim still doesn't get laid. No one gets laid. This is Star Trek. This isn't Star Wars. Here's Jaron Hatch with Alter Ego. Do you think the title is referring to Joe Minoski's Alter Ego as a girl-obsessed teenager? I guess that's what happens when you were the only kid who wore Hawaiian shirts while in middle school. Speaking of which, leave it to Voyager to find a way to make luau's boring. I watched this while at work and was actually more engaged by the emails I was writing. Thanks for the productivity boost, guys. Two Garland Garots out of five. Mm -hmm. Hawaiian shirts had a uh, a brief time during my high school career. They became like a thing. There, I apparently they are back. Are they? I have not like seen it's, them. It's it's sort of like a hip. At least I've been told. I don't know. Maybe it's just California. But <laughs> I was the told. It's a closet full of Hawaiian shirts behind Yeah, you. I've been told that the Hawaiian shirt is now like in again. Oh. But who's to say? Which which was a better look, the bowling shirt or the Hawaiian shirt? Ooh. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Hawaiian shirt only because the bowling shirt was always gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was doing some uh, some style research for this project and trying to develop that takes place in the early '90s, and I was looking for like '90s teenager type clothes, and it's it's a pretty nondescript. It's just everything was huge. Yeah, the yeah. sweaters were huge, the Jinkos. pants were huge, yeah. the t-shirts were huge. Yeah, I don't know. Take that for what whatever it means. <laughs> Yeah. We had a we had a governmental surplus. Well, no, I guess not yet at that point, but that was that, that was our heyday. We just had so much material, just had to make yeah. gigantic clothes with it. The end. It was the end of history. They didn't need any, they didn't need it for anything else. No, there were no more wars. Ken Zito says, "Alter ego." Reading the blurb for this one, it sounds like one to skip, but it's actually surprisingly good. There's good character work for both tu- both Tuvok and Kim, and genuine chemistry between Tuvok and the alien. For you're in love with the computer subroutines out of five. Uh, alter ego kim tuvok i keep getting these urges and feelings for a woman i do not want can you help tuvok yes ensign i know of a special five-fingered ritual to achieve what we vulcans refer to as post nut clarity in all seriousness i like this episode engaging story good pacing and well performed also i realize why the doctor doesn't make an appearance in this picardo is directing neat three games of space kerplunk out of five he does make an appearance changeling which we just talked about yeah pay attention Open your eyes open your eyes Close your eyes. Check out our Deadwood podcast. Something pretty. This is Alter Ego from Justice for Toonshoe. The Misadventures of Incel Harry Kim. This episode was one of the best unintentional comedies in all of Trek between Tuvok's subtle roasts of Harry, Harry's constipated attempt at Vulcan meditation, and the general bizarreness of a crew celebrating at a luau straight from Sim's house party while they're still trapped 70 light years from Earth. If you had Luau Party Gone Homicidal on your Voyager bingo card, consider yourself a master. I think this episode only scores high because I enjoyed Tim Russ's performance. That and the perpetual entertainment of knowing Harry Kim got his sex life erased by Vulcan Jenga. Three Hawaiian shirts with a pineapple motif out of five. How do you feel about the Luau thing at this point? It was fine. Like... uh, Whatever season season wide, I guess. Like, are you oh, are you, are you, sure? are you supportive the, the of this thing? idea? Yeah, 
I like the other place better. Yeah. I the other so. place had characters, you know. <laughs> this one is just Hawaiian shirts and looking like a dumbass. Yeah. It's uh I get it. I get what they're trying to do, but I th- I I would prefer they just stay at the bar. Uh Artorius says alter ego. This is but a po- uh, portent of the dreadful future ahead of us. It reminds me of things going on in Japan with virtual girlfriends. Tis the bane of the social introvert and neckbeard. That aside, I thought Tuvok's portrayal of a Vulcan is very well done. Probably second best next to Nimoy. Three lonely introverts out of five. Oh, so he means ahead of us like in, in the real world future? I think, I, I think he means I Voyager. thought he meant... Oh. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, this is but a portent of the dreadful future ahead of us. Oh, I don't know. I read it as a Voyager criticism. Yeah, I wasn't sure because either way, that's I'm not thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> the future does not look bright. Patrick yeah. Siva says, alter ego. Harry is now Geordie in this next-gen script. Bolana plays Worf, just as nondescript. Tuvok's well-used Troy, Paris dressed like the boy, but best is Doc's Riker, ball-gagged and horse-whipped. Three mandatory fun work parties out of five. Wouldn't you want to see Brad Dorff's character at this luau? Like barely keeping it together. <laughs> just wanting to <laughs> you, You're talking about Suter, right? Not Doc Cochran. Yeah, yeah Suter. Well, either yeah. way, but Suter. Just barely stopping himself from pulling one of those guys <laughs> into the back and stabbing them holographically <laughs> through the neck. He would have started rubbing one out when Belan was getting choked <laughs> with that lay. But, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Did we talk about that recently, how they, they, they should have one character who's a psychopath who just goes into the holodeck just to get just to, out his bloodlust yeah, and how, murder people? That's how they should have cured. Did did they try to do that with Suter? I don't remember. I can't, they did, right? Because he kills Neelix on the holodeck, right? Oh, yeah. Is that what happens? That's right. Yeah. Someone kills Neelix on the holodeck. I, I assume it was him. I, I'm pretty sure they get that program locked and loaded for whoever <laughs> wants it that week. <laughs> It's the um, it's the gag from Airplane where it's just a line of passengers waiting yeah. to like beat up the hysterical <laughs> yes. person. Um, I read this one. So the next comment. Uh, Norman Buckwald has our next comment for Alter Ego. And here you go. Tuvok's fatal attraction hologram makes jealous Harry pout and say all he got was a scary clown. What? Scary clown? <laughs> the murderous Polynesian holograms with their lays maybe maybe made the writers give a justified response to a Rick Berman edict to put in Baywatch. A problematical as problematical as this episode is, there is some decent stuff in Harry and Tuvok's quality time with Kauto does continue for the rest of the series. Oh, so Harry continues to down this path of Vulcaning? Oh, I have no idea. Like two point five choking lays out of five. I guess that's see that's kind of interesting, but I feel like it gets off on a really bad foot. <laughs> <laughs> the first step's a doozy. Point extra G says alter ego. I've fallen for someone the way that Harry Harry has fallen for Mariana, and far more recently, and at an older age than I'd care to admit. You think it would happen more on Voyager with actual people or holodeck characters? A Harry Tuvok hollow woman love triangle is not Joyce. I guess Riker fell for a hologram, so Harry and Tuvok aren't in too bad of company. The falling for the hologram is a an idea that has legs in this universe, I think. Yeah, it's it's tough though, right? Because like in 1997, it's probably a little bit more novel than it is now. Because I feel like they've they've kind of mined that quite a bit with 
yeah, you know, better movies and stuff. Her and Blade Runner two and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. They're uh, they're on the cutting edge or the the initial step in this. So this is Grappler John Zorn. Uh, it's a pity. <clears throat> It's a pity Voyager didn't stick to its premise because I feel like there are some themes to be mined here. If you're that far from the boners of your ancestors, why not recreate Libby or Mark or a coochie mama on the holodeck for your recreational to, you know, I got to say some of these things I'm reading, I don't even know what the words, I'm just reading them. So like I'm processing as I say them and (laughs) some of them are very strange. The social norms for a Barclay in the Alpha Quadrant might have to be questioned when potential companionship is finite in the Delta Quadrant. Given the premise, is it unreasonable that utilizing a holographic surrogate might not be healthier than shit? I just remembered this is a show about people not having sex. Oh, well, let's just watch Tuvok play with some bulk nails from Home Depot. (laughs) And there's space fatal attraction and some shit about a nebula. One Vulcan over explanation of cold shower out of five. Yeah, they even they even drop in like a par a paraphrasing of the. Uh, I'm not just going to be ignored, Tuvok. Like that <laughs> the line from uh, yeah, Fatal, Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but even there, it's like I don't know. Maybe that's an interesting idea, but they don't do anything with it. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite runners is this. The Vulcans have a phrase for everything. Some of them are weirdly specific. Like, you know, Tuvok's like the Vulcan. This is the Vulcan word for the day after you realize that you mailed something late and you have to get your car <laughs> from the shop. It's like what the fuck? The Vulcans have a saying for that. Jonas says alter ego. I enjoy this. The- is this is the Vulcan word for when you're looking for your sunglasses and you realize they're on your head. <laughs> That's happened enough where there is a German word. Jonas says, alter ego, I enjoyed that the main officers actually referenced the episodes of TNG from which this episode is clearly derived. There was not even a pretense of original thinking here. I feel that Tuvok's <laughs> character, as we have come to know it, would not have fallen for so banal a love interest simply because she noticed that his refusal to wear a garland implied his desire to let others know that he didn't want to be at the luau. Cal's phrase, pop psychology is too generous. Two sets of gray Vulcan tinker toys out of five. Maybe my um, one of my favorite moments of the episode was I forget the quote exactly, but when when Tuvok shows up at the Luau and Janeway's there, and Janeway's like Tuvok, I'm surprised to see you, and he's like, "You gave me an order, and I always obey an order, even when it's a fucking stupid order." He says something <laughs> something along those lines, and I appreciated that. Uh, Matt Ross, I'll do this one. You can read the last one, I guess. Matt Ross says, Kim is very horny from the minuet character from Hedonism Beach and thinks Tuvok can chill him out. Tuvok did violate a bro code. The meat of the story with Tuvok was more interesting meeting an alien who's bored as the crew is on their circuitous way back home. The start of the Paris Bolana fling and the jealousy of Vorik the Vulcan is placed. Neelix's concern of the placement of tiki torches is odd. Why do you need a person to place anything anywhere on the holodeck? Very slowly paced to get the point. Three Hawaiian shirts out of five. And our final comment comes from Nick the Rat with Alter Ego. When Harry told Tuvok his secret, I was half expecting Tuvok's Kyle Toe board to fall limp. This episode, as Vulcans call it, is completely Sue Lock. When they exposed Kim's... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) When they exposed Kim's Konar, though... I was impressed by its size. <laughs> I was also impressed by Tom's expert control 
on the stick and his ability to pull out <laughs> when absolutely necessary. A much more enjoyable method than Tuvok's way of utilizing abstinence. In the end, Harry was finally able to break through Tuvok's tough exterior and made him realize that playing with himself is not as rewarding as doing it with a friend. I give this one two sexually harassed women for Picardo to kiss <laughs> out of five. Kiss him again. No, it's true. Maybe there's, you know, there's a there's a lot of sexual tension in this episode, I think. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, patrons, for leaving your thoughts and supporting the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. So, Clay, on this one, on our scale of one to five, what are you going to give Alter Ego? Uh, I'll give it a two. Okay. I'll give it a three, I guess. Um, it's It was the most interesting episode I've seen in a little while from the show, I suppose, and that's the, the best I can say about it, although it's uh, Grappler John Zorn's comment is kind of apropos too. It's like you, maybe a lot of this just comes from the fact that you're like, oh, there's a thread here. Let's pull it. Oh, it came out and the whole thing fell apart. So I'll give it a three. Clay will give it a two. That's it. Patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support the show. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, check out Riding Hard Picture Show. On Patreon, we're doing Video Nasties. Uh, in July, we are doing Bay of Blood, which is one of the uh, progenitors to... Friday the 13th. There's a lot of crossover there that I I don't know if it gets called out as much as it should. Mm. Um, and uh, Sean and I are going to be doing a Patreon episode of Badass where we talk about The Flash. Yeah. So uh, come check that out. I think we're going to do like a like we did with The Batman where we'll probably release the first 10 or 15 minutes or so on the main feed and then the whole thing will be on Patreon. So that should be out relatively soon. There's a Vulcan word for that. <laughs> but we will be back next episode with coda which is a four-letter word which i'm just thinking all the podcast thing the titles have to be at least five letters for it not to complain so coda is a bad title for a podcast unfortunately Uh thanks everybody for listening to our coverage of alter ego we'll be back next week with coda see ya